Hi everyone, I'm Simone Grandi. I am an engineering manager in data platform at Globo. And today I'll talk to you about how we build data products in Globo and what, what was our transition and path to data mesh. So um, that's me and Vishal will do the following part. Uh, now, the agenda is the following. I'll just tell you who we are, who Globo is, uh, what was our old path towards data mesh in global? What was the strategy that we adopted to get there? And then I will show you a brief glimpse of how our people in the company can build data products at the moment. So global, um, if you don't know it, uh, global is a delivery platform. Uh, it is a four-sided marketplace, so we put together uh, customers, brands, couriers, and advertisers. And we started with food delivery only, but now we cover a lot of other di different business verticals. Um, Global operates in 25 countries, uh, mostly uh, Western Europe, Southeastern Europe, Africa. Uh, we have more than 15 million customers, 70K monthly couriers, and more than 150,000 monthly active stores. You've probably seen, if you live in one of the cities we operate, you've probably seen a lot of people uh, driving around the street with our backstacks around. Now, uh, the goal of the data platform in Globo is to provide strong decision-making capabilities to make sure that we can create value for all of the participants in this marketplace. Uh, this means that we have many different domains our data is organizing, and uh, we want at the same time to give independence to the various data domains so they can build whatever they want, but also have an holistic view so Everyone in the company can actually use data coming from everywhere. Uh, now, where do we come from? So the company was founded in, in 2015. And like many other startups who had to grow quickly, we started with a centralized approach to data for analytics. Um, so the, we had a single data engineering team for a long time which was handling all data needs from the business and other parts of the companies of the company. And um, very soon it became clear that this was a bottleneck and the data engineering team was understaffed. It was very hard to hire new people and to scale the work. Now, this was also an issue in terms of ownership of the data uh, because all the data was owned by a central team it was not very easy for them to have all the business context they needed to take the right decisions in terms of data modeling and understand all the usage patterns for the data. So there was this disconnection between this central data team and distributed business functions, functions that needed to use this data. On top of that, also from the technological point of view, we had a centralized code base and release process uh, which meant that we had to coordinate releases very carefully for whatever was impacting data analytics. 
Um, from the infrastructure side, we were leveraging a single data warehouse cluster uh, for ingestion transformation, interactive analysis, and automated reporting. Uh, very soon it became hard for us to scale properly. So around one year and a half ago, we embraced this philosophy of data mesh and we, begin, we began our path towards implementing it fully. Uh, now, we started uh, with a thin slice approach. What this means is that basically we built an MVP of the data platform which was providing only minimal and very open platform capabilities so that we could implement our first one or two data products. Uh, these first data products were basically implemented together with the platform capabilities needed for, for them to work. This means that we had at the time a tight collaboration between the data platform team and the data, engineer, data engineering team that was building data products. Now, of course, this was not meant to scale. So we knew that we had to change approach and by design, we moved to a more um, self-service oriented data platform in which the platform features were generic enough and complete enough so that people could build their own data product independently. So basically um, we had data built in 11, 11 different data domains uh, in the last year or so. We have at the moment around 90 data products in production and we are using Starburst to serve the data from all of them. Um, at the moment uh, when I created these slides, which was two weeks ago, we had 700 weekly active users roughly. It's growing fast. So right now we are probably around 800 and something. Um, this is mostly humans running their analytics queries on top of Starburst, on top of the data products we have. Now, uh, when I'm talking about this phase, you have to keep in mind that data products were still built only by data engineers, and the cycle time to build a data product from the inception to the delivery to production was quite long. We were talking about around a month of work. What we are doing right now, we are in the third phase, we want to improve drastically this time to value and have everyone in the company uh, build data products. So we are not only talking about data engineers, we are talking about data analysts, data scientists, uh, even some business people, and of course, still data engineers. So to do that, we had to build uh, and deliver a set of better tools for access control, uh, data discovery, prototyping, exploration, and so on and so forth. So people can find their data autonomously uh, and prototype the work they want to do. We organized our data product in tiers. We have tier zero, tier one, and tier two data product, with tier two data product being the less critical for the business and the easier, the easiest one to build. So they have less uh, strict governance uh, requirements and data quality uh, requirements. Now, if we were thinking about a month in the previous, previous approach, now we are looking at something along the line of half an hour for someone to build a new data product. 
Um, before I show you very quickly how this happens, I want to show you a bit more about our uh, data mesh uh, data flow architecture in general. It's quite simple. Um, we have a set of data sources. Basically, we ingest from some external APIs that all of you might have in your companies, some microservices database from our internal backend, and also some um, Kafka events from there. Now, this data is ingested uh, autonomously by the data products that needs it and transformed. And based on that, the data products expose a set of output tables on which other data products can, of course, uh, build more transformations. All of this at the moment is uh, then exposed to the final users through Starburst. Now, there are some users using the Starburst web UI directly. There are some users using uh, clients to access it, like DataGree for others. Uh, but we connected a huge, a large set of tools to Starburst to do that. So we have the feature store, which is uh, used by data scientists to prepare training for machine learning models. We have a set of BI tools for analysts to build dashboards and reports. We have a data catalog, which is used for data exploration and also as a business glossary there. We have a notebook service, which is centralized and it already allows uh, to connect easily to Starburst and to run queries there. And we also built uh, on our own a Google spreadsheet connector. For some use case, we want to allow users to export their data into Google spreadsheets and query directly from there. Uh, all of this goes through Starburst. Basically. Now, recently, we've also been changing a bit the paradigm and the technologies we use for transforming data inside the data products. And we started leveraging Starburst also for that. Um, we've seen that there's a lot of advantages, especially for the simplest data products to just have a SQL interface to write transformation, which is the same interface that the user used to basically do exploration. And it's also very controllable in, in terms of resources, execution, costs, observability. Now, how do people actually build data products in Globo? So to give you a very quick idea, um, this is a piece of code that represents what typically users do to build a simple data product at tier two. So there's no, not a lot of um, metadata and uh, data quality uh, on top of that, but we want it to be simple enough so that people can, can do it easy. Um, so basically, as you can see, they just, this is just a Python SDK they can use from the notebook or wherever they want. They create a data product manager in a certain domain. They select the name of the data product and they have an owner email with a team or something like that. And they just use the API to add a set of transformations to the data product. This is a simple SQL transformation. Uh, also describing the target table. Uh, of course, there are way more options than the ones I'm showing here, but it's just to give you an idea. Uh, and then they just build it and they submit uh, this data product with a certain revision number as a draft or as a production ready data product. 
What happens behind the scenes is that we will generate uh, Airflow DAG, which we run using Starburst and DBT, and they can schedule it from the uh, Python SDK. Uh, they can access Airflow to check the execution, and they can access Starburst to check the query plans and how fast it's running and so on and so forth. Um, so that's roughly it. We are releasing these features to the users as I'm speaking uh, in this, this week, actually. Uh, but the first tests are very promising. Uh, of course, for more complex data products, tier zero to one, we still have a more open platform for data engineers to, to, to build complex things also with other tools. Now that's it. This was a glimpse from my side and I will leave it to Vishal for the next part. Uh, my name is Vishal Singh. Uh, after Simon, I'm going to actually talk about data product itself in Starburst. Last year, we released data products as a part of our Starburst enterprise solution. Um, data products has, we have got a lot of feedback from our customers, and we are taking those feedbacks and building data products in our Starburst galaxy. Uh, let's start with the demo. During my demo, I will be talking data products in the context of three different personas, the admin, the finance persona, and the marketing persona. You'll see how those personas are built within the galaxy, and we'll start with the admin persona. Admin has access to all their data sets. So let's look into the catalogs, which admin has access to. You can see the admin can see the data across Azure, Google Cloud, MongoDB, Postgres, and all different places. But if we go into different persona, which is marketing, you'll see that marketing just see the subset of data services, Postgres and S3, while finance see the data between S3 and Snowflake. So we, based on which persona you come from, you see different data sets. As an account admin, I'm looking at all your data set. And while I'm looking at the data sets, their data can live into multiple locations, in a warehouse, into Lake, into uh, uh, Postgres or Snowflake, based on the use cases you're driving. But as an analyst, when you're asked a question to drive an insight from a data, how do you know which table to choose? How do you know where your table exists? How do you even know finding that who is using that table? In order to solve that problem, Starburst Galaxy is releasing global search. With global search, you can actually find your tables across all your data sets which are connected within Starburst Galaxy. So let's assume I want to look for a customer table, and how do I know if the customer table in S3, Mongo, Snowflake, or which catalog should I be looking into it? Let's search CUST. As I click CUST, you can see I got the information around CUSKEY as a column exists in uh, Google Cloud, Postgres or the customer as a table exists in S3. Within a few seconds, I'm actually able to find where all my data is before I start writing a query on that data. 
Let's choose another keyword. As I type APP, I can see there are some tables in Snowflake, Google Cloud, or S3. Not only I can find where my data is, but I can also get more context and understanding around who owns my data and how the queries are being written against that data set. Let's look into Apple Mobility. Now, if you look into Apple Mobility, I got into that there's nine columns. I can go to overview, understand how many queries were written after seven days, what queries have been written, who is writing the query, and what role is writing the query. I can see which are the top users, top sources, and also which clusters is it connected to, for what use cases you're driving, even who owns the data set, account admin, what contact should I reach out to. And during my demo, I'll also show you most of these data sets are getting automatically populated. Look, let's look at the privileges too. I can see account admin has full privilege on this data set, while finance can just select the table. And within a few seconds, not only I was able to find my data set, but I got the context about ownership, how the data is being used, and so I can reach out and get more information. But what if I want to add a new catalog, I want to bring new data source? Let's add another catalog while I was able to not find the data which I was looking for. I'm gonna configure a catalog. I have many choices which I can connect within Starburst Galaxy, from S3 to ADLS to Elasticsearch to Snowflake. From, for my demo, I'm going to choose S3, give a catalog name and some description. Now, as I add description, I can gonna use the cross-account permission to connect to the S3 bucket. I have three different choices in Galaxy. To use Galaxy's own host, hosted Metastore, or a Hive Metastore, or even Alibus Glue. For my demo, I'm gonna use Glue. And here, it gets really interesting. I can define I can read the data from any format, from Hoodie to Iceberg to Delta Lake, but I can also define when I'm writing the data which format I want to write. For a demo, let's choose Hive. And test the connection. And connect the catalog. When account admin connected the catalog, we have taken some cues from Google Doc. How and what ownership should we define for that catalog? 
you'll see the account admin ownership has automatically been granted to the catalog based on the what user and role creating that catalog. As an owner, I can even add and extend the permissions to different roles and users in the organization. We'll save the access control. We're not going to bring any users at the moment. Here, I can connect to a cluster because if I'm ready to access my data. But what if I'm still not sure if this data is ready to be accessed? So I'm going to skip this part so that I can explore what data sets contain in DataNova S3. I go to DataNova S3. The ownership information was automatically populated based on the owner who added it. So I know who owns that data set. I can bring some contact information part of that ownership. You can see there's 24 schemas. No queries had been written because the data set was just recently added. But what if I, the data which I'm looking for is not there? How do I know find the new data set? I can even run schema discovery from a bucket in S3. And this goes, crawls through the bucket, and find all the schemas and table in the bucket, and generates your result. You can see we found some table in the ORC format. I can preview the table before I add those tables. And if I'm happy with the results which I found, then I can create those tables while I was adding the catalog. So not only I'll be able to connect what already existed in AWS Glue, but actually crawl through a bucket and added new data set, new tables based on the file in, in an S3 bucket. We log every, every run. So you can always go back in a time and see who ran the queries, what time the queries ran, and what discovery, schema discovery did. The burst bank, which was just recently created, you can see, is now part of our schemas. All the tables which I recently found is there. And as I go into the customer table, I can also look all the columns and the properties of the column which were just added. And you'll see the, the ownership information is getting populated as soon as the data was added. I can add description so that it can be used by our global search functionality to actually not only find the metadata based on the column name and whatnot, but different, different metadata being added. I can change the ownership information, which I'm not going to do that, and add some context. Let's add Alex, Jordan, and Monica as the contacts who will be human responsible for any questions asked on this table or metadata. You can see name, type, and all the defaults has been added. I can even add more descriptions if the description did not come from the source.
Let's add another description for DOB and call it date of birth. Not only that, I know that date of birth is a PII information. So I can tag that as a PII information. Let's add phone number, which is also a personal identifier, as a PII information. But the tagging we're also introducing at the moment is two-level hierarchy. So in this case, I'm tagging social security number as PII social security. So you can see that you can also add the tags on the schemas which were just found from the lake. But as I found this data set, how can I expose this data set to the analysts, to the everyone in the organization? Let's go to global search and type burst bank. You can see the data we just added from the lake is already discoverable to everyone in the organization. So as you add the data set, as you crawl through the bucket, what if another analyst comes in and looking for that data set, that is already discoverable. Thus, your insight is live. You are looking at across all the data set as soon as that is added within the Star Wars Galaxy context. And you can write queries against that. So here, I'm going to write queries federated against S3 and Postgres. And S3 was just added. I can use many clusters based on the use cases I'm driving. If I'm driving a batch cluster use case, then I can run against our fault tolerant cluster. But since I'm in Data Nova, let's use a Data Nova cluster to write the federated query against S3 and Postgres. I'm getting results right from the S3 and Postgres, and I have named the query as DataNova query. While I was getting insight from this query, I feel this query should self be shared across organization so that folks can also get insight from the query itself. In Galaxy, you can share queries and share the queries across different roles. Let's look at the marketing. And marketing does not have access to data Nova query. And finance also does not have access to data Nova query. Account admin believes that the more collaboration needs to be done on the query itself. They can share that query with marketing, who can edit the query itself or share the query with finance with only view, only row. So finance can run the query but cannot edit the query. If you go back to the marketing role, we see the data Nova query is now in the marketing domain. Let's go to the finance. Finance also has access to data Nova query. Clicking on data Nova query in finance domain, I can see that they can see the query, but they cannot edit the query. It's only shared as read-only. As, as marketing, I can edit the query, and I can even add more context in the query itself. So I can even share the query, collaborate with different users, in the department to come up with the insight, that insight can be used to create a data product. 
Now, taking all these contexts, we are putting that together into as a data product. The data product can be exposed as own items where you know that which are the approved data product in the organization for me to consume. I can see healthcare data, burst bank data. For my demo, I'm gonna focus on the burst bank data product. Getting details of burst bank data product, I can see there's some description, which, which schema it belongs to, and data know is amazing. And the contacts are Tom Nass and Vishal, who I can reach out to to get more information about that data product. There's one data set and few queries running against this data product. When the account admin at the moment has privileges, for the data set in that data product, again, when the account admin has privileges, and this has 32 tables, also have already been tagged for the information which is, you can see in the column itself. Going back to the overview, I want to feel that this table, customer 360 table, should be shared with the finance department because they have also requested some information about customer 360 to drive the insights in their domain. I can quickly share this with finance domain, who can only select and not edit the table. If I go to the finance domain and look for the data product, you will see finance domain now have access to the Burst Bank data product. Within a second, I was able to share a data product from one domain to another domain. Same information, finance does not see privileges because finance cannot share the data set. One data set has been shared. Finance also doesn't see the query history because I didn't share the data with finance to see full information on it. That information is restricted to the owner of that data product. Now, if you see, let's actually give more permissions on this data product. What I want to do is that even though I did not give finance or marketing the access to data product, but I want to collaborate with marketing on bringing a new data set in that data product. So what I'm going to do, I'm gonna allow marketing or another domain to actually to add new data set in the data product without giving access to the existing data set. If you go to customer 360 and look at the privileges, marketing still does not have access to the customer 360. Marketing now gets access to Burst Bank data product. But marketing still does not see any data set in that data product. Now let's use the query which was shared with marketing, which is data NOAA query, and use that query to create new data set in the Burst Bank data product. So I'm gonna create this as a view, you can create it as a table. 
If I go back to marketing data products and look at the burst bank again, then you'll see marketing now actually can see one view which marketing just created. If I have this exactly same information, who are the contacts, who is the owner, if I go to the account admin, I can see two views there because account admin being the owner of data product controls all the data sets and have visible to all the data sets being created there. Let's look at the data NOAA data set which was just created by marketing. You see who is the owner here. The owner for that data set is marketing. Marketing was allowed to create a data set, which means the marketing has more context into why they created the data set. Galaxy automatically assigned the ownership to marketing because they were created that data set. As an owner now, marketing can share the data set. They may not share the full data product or have access to every data set, but they do have access to data set which they created. And as an owner, they can share that data set in the organization. Let's bring some contacts. You see the number of contacts they can add is they can add within from their own domain. Let's add a privilege to this data set. And they can only see two do domains which are exposed to marketing, which is marketing or a global domain. Let's use the public to share this data set with everyone in the organization. If I go to public and look as finance and I see now I have actually access to data know what they are set. The owner of data product and the information of data product is exactly the same with the context between Tom Nats and Vishal. The customer 360, which was created by account admin, still has the ownership of account admin with Jordan and Monica being contact. And data know data set, which was created by marketing has a different ownership, which is ownership of marketing, and there's a different contact who needs to be reached out if there are any questions by, for this data set. So with this, what we're doing is that we're bringing the context of automatically populate all the data set. Let's take another example. I have procured some data set from the Snowflake marketplace. I've also got data from AWS Exchange. Now I'm gonna drive inside from the two data sets which I have just bought from two different marketplaces. How can I actually combine those two data sets? And for those uh, uh, transformation of this data set, I may still use uh, um, our query engine to write transformation between Snowflake and S3 operational data to create a new transformation, a new data set in S3 analytical data. If you go to our query editor, 
we can write the federated query between Snowflake and AWS S3 and get the result out as a new data set or new view or a table. But I don't want to use my query editor. I want to use dbt to write those transformations. So what I can do, even I can write some transformation in dbt and create a federated model from Snowflake and S3, which was bought from the marketplace, to completely new insight back into S3 as the analytical data set. If I go to S3 analytical data set and look at target M, you can see there's some queries running right now, and the data is getting refreshed by the model being running from dbt Trino. And you can also see what tables it's using and what tables were produced. I can see the owner of this data set is public because I want this data to be available across everyone in the organization. And the context needs to be reached out is Monica. I can change the ownership at any time I feel there's a sensitivity to this data set. And now this data set is available as the aggregated model to both marketing and finance because it was shared globally as the public role. You can also see that every domain, finance, marketing, and the account admin has a completely different views of what data product they have access to. We also are flexible enough that you can actually collaborate on a new data set in data product with different domain. You can combine data from Snowflake, from MongoDB, from Search, from S3 to create the insight without moving the data itself. And all this is happening with a beautiful UI and also with automatic cataloging of these data sets on the ownership, on the metrics, who is running the data, what tables are getting hit, and how the data is being actually used in the organization with the global search and schema discovery on top of this. All the things which I have showed is actually available as a private preview, and we are just getting started. So if you want to learn more about what we are doing in Galaxy, what's coming, going to come in the Galaxy, sign up for Galaxy. Very easy to sign up. There is a free tier. You don't even have to pay running our free cluster. Sign up for the Galaxy. Ask about these features as they are in private preview. Reach out using our chat, which is you can see on the corner, right-hand corner, and start playing with the Galaxy. Do not, it's so easy, even I can do it. So, thank you.